I think theology is for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something? Theology. Theology. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Well, before we get started, let me just remind you once again. Uh, we would love for you to be able to support us. Let me let me give you a QR code that will lead you straight to support. Now, you may have just joined us. Uh, if you just joined us, of course, don't support us. This is a free podcast. But if, you, if you've been here for a while and you believe in what we're doing, it's so very, very important. This is the way we exist. We do lots of stuff at Credo House Ministries. We do Credo Courses, Theology Unplugged, Parchment and Pen Blog. Uh, I mean, it's just a lot. Patreon, we, we're doing a lot, a lot behind the scenes. Also, one of the most important things that I do, I believe it's a personal thing for me, but I want you to believe it too is Jude 22. Have mercy on those who doubt. There's a lot of people who doubt, and this subject we're talking about right now, I promise you, will break a lot of people's faith because they don't know how to, they, they've got a house of cards mentality. It's all set up perfectly, and anything that gets disturbed, their entire faith falls apart. Unfortunately, lots of people's faith is built that way. It doesn't mean they're not Christians, but it's it's just a discipleship process, and I love to help people who are doubting the faith. I love to have one-on-one conversations. And if you're somebody who is doubting the faith, you're going through a crisis and you want, you don't want to doubt the faith. There's those who doubt the faith and want to. Those people, I, I believe we're never really of the faith and that's not what I'm talking about. Though There is a ministry to them. I'm not saying there's not. I'm just saying whenever it says, have mercy on those who doubt, it's Christians who doubt and go through trouble. They doubt their salvation. They doubt the uh, existence of God or or the resurrection of Christ, or they doubt that they're saved. They think they've committed the unforg- unforgivable sin. If you fit in that category and you need somebody to talk to, I promise you I will talk to you. I'll talk to you on the phone. That is the best way. So get in contact with me. Go to credocourses.com and look for the telephone number. It's on there in the contacts and text me. Anyway, we are going to continue. Let me move this out of the way. We are continuing to talk about ufology, and I have got Ed with me, and I've got another special guest. You probably remember Ed because he's been with me for four, this is the fourth one, and Ed, again, is part, he went through the theology program, the most important thing we do, the central thing that we do, the hub of everything we do is the theology program. You can find it at credocourses.com. I'm sorry for all all the advertisement, but Ed went through the theology program. He became an instructor uh, and an admin within the theology program. He led the courses and led the students in discussion uh, because I noticed him and he, he was very good at it and he was he was very well educated in this in this stuff he was he thought differently as well he wasn't in a box I love Ed because he's not in a box Ed you've always been like that you always challenge you always challenge things in a way that I think is very healthy so that that I want to thank you for doing that for me for all these these last 20 years it's been a blast i know i get mad at you i know we joke about a lot of things but i i think out of a box in a different way differently than you but we both do it and it's kind of fun isn't it absolutely okay another one i've got is carrie now you're not going to be able to see carrie's face because i just threw her in here just now 
And so she's on here with voice. And Carrie also is a part of the theology program. You probably remember Carrie, though, because she's, she's been with uh, Theology Unplugged for a long time. And uh, it's just been a little while since you've heard her voice. Yeah. And she, uh, she she agreed to come on because she wants to to grill me and Ed about <laughs> our weird views on what is going on, our weird views on the Book of Enoch, our weird views on the uh, Genesis chapter six. But in this case, weird also means correct. And That's so right. we're gonna we're gonna uh, let Carrie grill us. So Carrie, it's really nice to have you. She was also Thanks. a a uh, instructor in the theology program. She was in the same classes as Ed. Ed was a little bit before her, as he reminded me last time. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she she has been around a long time. She's a familiar face. I don't need to introduce her anymore. But Carrie, it's great to have you. Thank you, thank you. Good to be here. Hey, Ed. Hey, Carrie. I'm ready to call names now. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's been a while. We all three are very good friends, and we have fun yeah. with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Carrie, uh, listen, we went through the all of our stuff. You listened to it all. I mm -hmm. saw about 100 questions coming. I tried to get a few of them up there, but... I thought it'd just be great to have you on and the audience audience you guys can also this is a question answer session so we're going to do our best to get to them but we're going to also just have carrie kind of represent the rest of the people and the questions that they may have that we may miss and we need to we need to fill in and uh so carrie give us give us your questions so we can show you the right answer okay well yeah i mean it, it was easier asking them in real time so i have to recall uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the one that I like the most recent one it, with respects to the sons of God. You guys were talking about that and you mentioned, um, you know, in the Masoretic text, it says the sons of Israel and the Dead Sea Scrolls, it says the sons of God. Perhaps you're thinking that with the Masoretic text, it was kind of meant to smooth out the text because it was difficult. My question on that, though, is... Why, what would keep you from believing that those two terms, the sons of Israel and the sons of God, are not simply interchangeable terms? I, I, I I'm gonna... sorry, I am chewing eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, okay, Carrie, let me let me start off by saying, yeah, that's a really good question. Okay, that that really is. It's it's something that gives me pause. And I think you could be right because I think in some sense the sons of Israel are are called this, but I just think it has to do with the context of things and what's mm -hmm. going on. And so you've got the context in uh, the the many places that it says sons of God, are, uh, the, uh, the sons of God. Yeah, it it seems to be referring to heavenly beings in each one of the contexts. Now in each one of the contexts, I guess you could say it's referring to people but it doesn't flow as naturally because it is a different term it is something that is that is a designation that is different than what we see in other places where people are called people or the sons of israel are called the sons of israel and then it jumps in with this new thing the sons of god and if it's not something different than israel it's very hard for me to explain why it didn't qualify that well we really mean israel mm -hmm. Yeah, and also, and Michael made the biggest point, right? That it says sons of God, but 1,400 years before it says sons of Israel. So, um, I, I mean, in, in the Dead Sea Scrolls are a couple hundred years before Christ, and it says sons of God there, right? So, so when you take that, 
you just have to go with, as Michael said, the oldest. That's that's one okay. of the, one of the main right. things. The other thing, and real quick, one other thing is, um, in chapter eleven, we don't even know Abraham yet, right? Let alone Israel. So sure. Israel used as the sons of Israel before Israel's even called is a little bit odd. So okay, that's fair, but. But again, I and mean, let's just ultimately get down to the meaning of that. The sons of Israel uh, are essentially God's chosen, right? We're understanding that these are people that are chosen of God. They're righteous. They, they are of God. Um, and it could be, and this would be me making an assumption, that the sons of Israel was just an extension of the sons of God. Do you see what I'm saying? Like once it became more specific, with Jacob, aka Israel, uh, they do you see what I'm saying? It then became interchangeable. But prior to that, we, you know, because I hold to the Sethite view, um, as I was saying in the huh. in the chat, um, and I hold it not fully exegetically because I don't, I do concede yeah, that that in those four chapters there, four, five, and six. It can be difficult from chapter six to make an exegetical case that. Um, well, Carrie, Carrie, if you would, we, is, we, is didn't, we didn't even we didn't even give the Sethite view a a. a I mean, a, a, we didn't even say anything about it. So, if you could tell us what the Sethite view is and tell us what it refers to. Okay. Well, and by no means am I an expert on it. I hold to this out of convenience, not out of necessary conviction, if that makes sense. So, I haven't fully studied it. But I would say that the Sethite view ultimately is the belief that the sons of God, as it's mentioned in four or five and or in, in chapter six of Genesis, are people that have descended from Seth because Noah himself was of that line. And um, in four and five, it talks about, you know, between Cain and Seth and all of that. So, I mean, you have, you know, kind of like that context to to kind of work with that and it seems that there's intermingling with the righteous and the unrighteous people and it's left the world in such a state to where right unrighteousness is just ubiquitous across the face of the earth and i would that's so that's my contention is that these the sons of god and the daughters of men are ultimately godly people and uh, ungodly people mixing and intermingling and then I would say systematically throughout the Old Testament, that's a problem that seems to crop up through Israel. So I would say, ultimately, my case is probably going to be a more systematic one. Does that make sense? My view is based on a more like looking at the trajectory of Israel intermingling with pagan cultures and the abomination that God saw that as. So that would I, I be... Do, but I do. Okay. I do in a sense, but uh, as I, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before, but I do also see that there's no, there's nothing against them marrying somebody from the outside. They just have to become Jews. And so it's something that yeah, God... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to convert. They have to become quote unquote righteous. That's just, right. Just and for so, the sake of conversation. But so, this is them mingling and taking on their practices. We're not talking about taking spouses and then becoming sanctified through that process we're talking about the opposite of entering into a union with ungodly people and adopting their customs 
Well, okay. The, the, here, here's the deal with that. I understand what you're saying, but first okay. of all, Genesis chapter six, we don't have anything in the context that would suggest that. Uh, yeah. You know, you would have to read back into it. So, yes. sometimes our systematic thought, systematic theology pushes things into the original that aren't necessarily there. And That's I'm willing, to, I'm willing to do that sometimes, Carrie. I am. Uh, because I think that the Old Testament will accommodate and build, and then we can see more clearly as we look through the lens of the New Testament, we can see the Old Testament. We do have to make some some updates, so some upgrades uh, in, in our understanding. And I, that, that could be true in that sense. I just don't see this in the context. I think, I think it seems to be very clear. It stands out that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful. And so there's something different about the daughters of men. Now, you'd have to assume that these people of Seth, these ones that came from Seth, are, you know, maybe a different race or so. I don't know what it would be, but something about them was really pretty. Uh, they didn't just intrigue them in the way that they lived or anything. They were really pretty. And it makes more sense to me for these other beings to look down and see that men, girls were beautiful in general. I don't see a context of stating seeing that you know the other ones were ugly or unattractive or their own mm -hmm. from their own from their own well, race or brand. I mean, that could just be their allure, though. That. Okay, but how do they make me feel? Pardon me. How how do they make me feel that with human men and human women having sex make babies? Right. Well, see here. That's the thing, though, and that's what I'm getting at is that I think all of this is going to have to be. Um, it is coming from the assumption that the Nephilim are some sort of hybrid mix of angelic and human. So you're having to okay. essentially, and I don't mean this in any way, like uh, to be um, combative, but I think you're, it's begging the question that the Nephilim are in fact hybrid. And I don't know that they are, you know, I don't know what they are, but I don't, I don't know that I would make that assumption because well, it's it's assuming go right ahead sorry go ahead they're pointed out specifically right as nephilim and as and as giants right in the spanish version it just says yeah so there's something different about them yeah but now and so well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me just read this again so we can we can have the context of it. Let me go down to verse 4, Genesis chapter 6. It says, okay, brand new word, brand new thing. It's almost like it's a turn of events here. Um, and it says, uh, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days mm -hmm. and also afterwards. So they've been on the earth during the flood time, but they also were afterwards. And it says, it qualifies it. It says the Nephilim were on the earth when the sons of God went into the daughters of men and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, the men of renown. That, that middle part would make no sense if these Nephilim were not the product of the sons of God and the daughters of men. I mean, it's just like throwing something totally out of context. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterwards when the sons of God went into the daughters of men and had children. He's already said that. And so he's he's qualifying what the Nephilim were. They were the heroes of old, and it makes sense now they're the heroes of old because so, they're, they're a hybrid. Well, so they were present when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, right? Like when the sons of God and the daughters of men came together and the Nephilim were there at the same time. No, Is that what it's saying? No, no, they're the result of that. It's saying when the, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, 
that's where the Nephilim come from. It's qualifying the Nephilim. It's trying to explain what the Nephilim are. It introduced it, but then the, the then the author thinks I got I got to tell who they are, and so he he tells a short statement about who they are before he he goes on and talks about the Lord seeing everything's so, uh, dark read, on the earth. Read, it, read it one. Read it one more time. Okay, I'm going to read the entire thing here. Okay. Um, Genesis chapter 6. When human beings began, and this is the NIV I'm reading from, when human okay. beings began to increase in number on the earth and the daughters of men were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they married the, They married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God went into the daughters of men uh, and had children by them, they were the heroes of old, the men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and the inclination of their thoughts and the human heart was only evil all the time. Okay. And the Lord regretted that he had made man and uh, went right. on and said, I will wipe out the earth. Okay. Now, and I already, and I, if you recall too, I said, I conceded that in chapter six, it's hard to make a case ex exegetically for what I'm saying. Um, but, and that's why I said I would take a more systematic approach, but then what do you do with chapters four and five? Cause doesn't that seem to indicate well, here, here's what I'd say. First of all, is the mo I think the more systematic approach is is this view because okay. we're 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 taking the views of other cultures and you know uh, the the traditions of other cultures uh -huh. and taking them and being able to see that they connect here and it makes more sense. And so oh. the other cultures thought this happened as well. Everybody thought this happened. Yeah, so okay. we've, got, we've got the entire world writing about this at the same time. And, uh, you know, we write it off as myth, but I don't think it was myth. No. It, no, it makes a lot more sense to say the, that it's real. The big difference is, was it the Apkalu? They thought of the Nephilim as heroes. Okay. They, were their, they were their demigods, but they didn't, but they knew what happened. It was basically the gods having sex. It's the same story. It's just a different result. They're all saying this is all good stuff. The Bible's saying this is very bad. So, but also, there's another thing too, Kerry, why, why this is actually so important. When uh -huh. you go through the Old Testament and you start reading about the places, the people where God says, kill every man, woman, child, don't take anything, wipe it all out. Yeah. And you, and you trace back their genealogies, they're all remnants of the Nephilim. That's why Joshua destroys some of the Nephilim. David destroys the Goliath, who is a leftover of the Nephilim. So it's really important because you have, when you have those weird stories, you're like, man, God's really mean, right? He's wiping, I mean, he's wiping everything out. And when, when they don't wipe everything out, these people pop back up. The Philistines pop back up, right? Uh, Goliath, because they, they weren't wiped out before that. Right? Okay. Goliath, the Philistines, I think, came from the Rephaim, but I, I could be wrong about so, so it kind of gets God off the hook a little bit. <laughs> well, no, it explains why sometimes he killed yeah. everything, and sometimes they're allowed to take wives, take slaves, you know, and, and things like that. Okay. Um, and sometimes they're wiped out. And it also, and even in the New Testament, when um, when Paul is talking about um, 
Paul's talking about the head coverings, right? Yeah. And at the end, he says, or not even at the end, but he says, because of the angels. Well, what does he mean by because of the angels? Like, I don't want this happening again. We don't want we don't want the angels lusting after women again. Uh, it's the only reason that makes sense. Um, well, no, I think with that head coverings, they're looking on. And well, I mean, I don't know. That's well, they are looking on, but what are they doing? They, they're yeah. not seeing a sign of authority over you. Yeah, I, I think maybe they're observing the hierarchy God's put in place. Between, I, you know, I don't know um, to, to go into it, that. But if it's the sons of Seth all the way in the, in the beginning, why the whole thing's really about appropriateness too, right? Actually, Heiser has an unbelievable podcast about um, about that topic and how it relates back to Greek, uh, the Greek medical practices and thoughts at the time. Okay. For that whole head covering thing. But well, because of the angels doesn't make any sense if the angels are just passively watching, like, yeah, she's wearing white. She's got she's got a hat on, <laughs> she doesn't have a hat on. Right. Well that's fair. There, oh, she's hot. Right? That, that that's fair. Um to say that I mean it, it could provide insight into that passage. But again, I'm not I'm just gonna have to admit I just don't have sophisticated arguments for the Sethite view other than what seems there really to isn't. Be. What's that? Well, there really isn't one because well you said it right Terry. at the very beginning you said it's an argument of convenience and i think that's very much right and yeah. i do understand that i mean I, 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 christians I, we don't spend a lot of time studying the old testament as much as we should anyway. right but I, mean, I, I vacillated because holding to the view that these are angels is not unlike uh you know the aliens we're talking about and believing in them suddenly you you become you know this kind of weird christian because you want you want to have everything explained you want to make it more rational you want to make it to where well, you know it 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 makes more sense to people in an apologetic way and mm -hmm. i think sometimes we do damage to what is re reality because we you know because like you said it's of convenience yeah, well, I mean, what I mean by convenience is that I just don't have the time to to devote to really studying it. So I have. Well, then, then it was a Freudian. Have... Then it was a Freudian slip because that's exactly the reason probably you're believing it. If you don't have an exegetical argument, yeah, then you're believing it because it's it's easier. It's one of convenience. Well, no, I, I'm it's believing it from a systematic. What I think is a systematic. A pro, like the trajectory yeah, I, I understand. of I understand Israel that being part of on and God's people being on to co-mingling with, with ungodly people. I mean, that's pretty much my argument to where, because um, you do see that all through scripture. I mean, and uh, through the Old Testament especially, and you see the wickedness that it, you know, results in and, and all of that. So, I mean, that's why I hold to that. Ultimately, that's why I hold to the kind of Sethite view. But I mean, again, I don't have a scholarly argument for it. So, well, you know, it, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, it, it it is a lot of what we're talking about here, and I mean, it does uh, does at least at the very least when we're talking about this, we want people to consider this and to really think deeply about it and try to try to connect the dots. And me, we may be wrong about this. And I'm not saying that, you know, this is, this is something I would like to write a book on and push upon people and get excited about. This is just something that I feel that um, does make sense. It does put things together mm -hmm. uh, in a very, not, uh, I, I think in a very, logically from and you said systematic and i i think it's systematic i think okay. it's the most systematic because you're drawing from all the different sources and it's pulling it together and it just it just 
to me even, yeah, more. even from the apocryphal sources and i understand that you know um i don't discount those as incidentally as reliable sources in terms of history uh, i don't necessarily view them as a authoritative as though they're inspired, but they could be authoritative in terms historically that it can at least give you insight into the mind of the Jewish people at the time it was written. And again, that doesn't mean that just because it's writing those things, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily true what they believed. But I mean, it does mean they believed it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, and I'm not just I'm not going to say that it's wrong because you're using those sources because I don't think that that's the right way to go about it. I think you can use them depending on how you use them. Um, yeah, but I don't I don't think you can use first Enoch to prove Genesis. I think first Enoch is like a lot of apocryphal writings, right? It's it's filling in a bigger story. Yeah, it's just it's it's giving you insight into what they believed. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, and so stuff that was taught and learned and talked about and things like that, so it doesn't take you into the audience. But it has nothing to do with whether Genesis 6 is true or not. Genesis 6 just, you know, the, early, the first 11 books of Genesis are rapid fire. So much stuff happens in those first 11 chapters. Well, yeah. it, just, it just has to do with interpreting. It doesn't, it doesn't have to do with whether it's true, but it does have to do with the interpretation and the right. bigger picture of everything yeah, that's it, going on. Yeah. Right. And also, Jude... If it's if that's not where the angels sing that are that are chained in gloomy darkness until the end times, then where is that in the Bible? If it's not this story, that's true. That's true. Jude is a big part of the. Jude, the, Jude the, I, I'm not saying that these things aren't historic and historic. I mean, I that's I mean that's why I believe you can use those extra biblical sources. No, no, no. Wait, he's, he's, talking, he's talking about Jude. He's talking about Jude. Bring back to Genesis six four. Jude 6 says, and the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, oh. but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Then he goes and, on. And also, also it says in Jude that they had uh they had unnatural desires, these these angels. And so you know, Jude does actually directly quote, or just about directly quote verse one nine. Right, that verse is only Jude. It's 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 canonical as scripture because Jude quoted it. Right, that one verse. It didn't become canon or or, or accepted scripture or even I would say inspired until Jude quoted it. Does that make sense? I'm not saying it made Enoch. I mean, this one verse that Jude quotes is scripture. Sure. Well, he also mentions the, the disputing. Yeah. Um, yeah well, I mean, the other verse that I read, that's that's definitely a Jude's. What Jude wrote there is kind of a, a, a summary of things that, that Enoch said. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you don't need Enoch at all to believe that Jude, Genesis 6 1 to 4. Is talking no, about no, 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 no. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that if, like Michael was, Michael had mentioned he's taken a systematic approach. And so, in well, the biology and hermeneutics is part of, you know, exegesis is part of the system, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I, I fully concede that with, if I just take chapter six alone, I don't know what to make of it. Right. You know, but I'm just, yeah. I'm just, well, I'm just, 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 just
I know that uh, I, you know it, we could be wrong, but it does it does fit very well in a the, biblical theology and a systematic theology, and all the way across. It just doesn't fit very well from the standpoint of if, if, oh, the way it feels. I'm not saying you're going off feeling, but I do understand how hard it is uh, to do that. And, you know, it's easy to think, you know, how, I know you don't would not believe this, but it's easy to say, yeah, maybe a donkey didn't talk, you know, and let's, it's no, the snake. I, I, didn't I don't, talk. That's the thing. I'm not discounting angel human hybrids because i think it's preposterous um i just i just i'm not con convicted uh, i don't have a conviction that that's what the total witness of scripture would have me believe um again like i said though it's more out of convenience because i haven't thoroughly studied this do you see what i'm saying i well, here, here's what you ought to do you ought to do it out, you ought to believe out of referred authority and refer the authority over to me and ed and take our view that would be the last thing i would do <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the I'm wisest kidding. thing that's probably the wisest thing you've said I'm okay let, let, let me throw in this other one carrie and you can ask yeah. another question if you have it but uh this is from chip he said so so if we are as michael says children of god why can't we have other children of god i.e sons of god and i think what he's saying is ed this is a huge question. This is what this is the reason why uh, you remember Bible Answer Man Hank Hanegraaff. I don't even know if he does it anymore since he converted to uh, to Eastern Orthodoxy. But um, this is the reason why he takes the Sethite view is simply because it's ridiculous to think it still can can continue. And so, what, what would you say? I know what I would say about it continuing but it says the nephilim were in the, the on the earth in those days and also afterwards and if these are angels intermixing with women that maybe it was their fall the time that these particular angels or heavenly beings i'm sorry i'm using angels yeah, it's, yeah, it's, sense. i like that you, you're trying to keep the distinction but i mean it's that's common i know but i so people will forget i mean i i want because that's part of what we're trying to do here is to yeah open it up a little bit but um what would you say about whether or not it can still happen no i absolutely believe it can still happen i believe it i believe it's part of the great deception that's coming great, the great delusion that's coming isn't that funny that you can say that i mean i don't know why i think it's funny it's absolutely yeah it can happen i mean it's like it's like you say, absolutely, it can happen. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I guess it can. You know, but beforehand, you're like, this is preposterous. You, I mean, how can this be true? Then you would have to say it still can happen today. And you say, yeah, yeah of course it can. And then you're like, oh, yeah, okay, well, maybe maybe it can. I, I didn't even think about whether it could. And again, it's like this emotional response we have to it. And I'm only saying that because that's what I have. Right. And, and, and to be able to say that with with such casualness really does and it really does to me just all of a sudden say whoa yeah wait a minute it it can't happen i mean of course it can it's possible I mean, as, long long as, as long as spiritual beings are still interacting with the earth and as long as they still have free will it can happen well here's the problem that i have with it happening though okay let me play the other side um it seems to be in Genesis chapter six, where you have the men that are evil. There's a couple of things that are referred to as to why the flood comes. The men, uh, there's only evil in the hearts of men continually. And 
these angels intermixing with humans and producing Nephilim. Those two things seem to be the instigators. And so you say, okay, are they both the same thing? Or are they are they different things? And which one, did one of them have priority and one of them was the main reason? Did God destroy the earth because the Nephilim were there? Or did he destroy it because people were evil? And then we'd have to say, wouldn't we, that it wasn't, I mean, it may have been partly because the Nephilim were there. Maybe it was the pro proliferation well, they, that was going on. And what did they have, like life rafts or something? Then, well, as if God <laughs> was to um, destroy the Nephilim and you know blot them out. With you know, was there a remnant? Because the only people that survived the flood, to my knowledge, were Noah and his family. Yeah, well, what, if they, what if they weren't people? You don't know, right? You really don't. What happened? Uh, but anyway, but uh, Carrie, I don't believe I don't believe any of them survived the Nephilim, but I do believe that it continued to happen. Oh, but you're Even, saying that okay? So the Nephilim were wiped out during the flood, and those certain angels, but then it, it kicked up again. Taken. It kicked up again when the sons of God came down and started messing with human women. Right. So yeah, no, no, no. You they did that. They did that with human women first, and they still well, did it afterwards. That's what it says. Yeah, and also yeah. afterwards, and so you have these angels that are at eventually. We don't really know when they're eventually put into a prison, according to Jude, a holding tank until judgment. Uh -huh. And it doesn't necessarily mean that at the time of the flood he put them in there. He could have done it. You know, he could have done it a week later. He could have done it thirty years later. 100 years later eventually he did put them in there and maybe they kept on doing this or or carrie maybe he put these angels that rebelled this group and they were they had a leader and i mean if jude is right it's very detailed about what these who these angels were what they taught yeah. that kind of stuff, or excuse me if enoch's right it's like like a holding cell type thing yeah 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 and, so, and, all that kind of stuff, and right? so this is a group that followed a certain angel or again spiritual being and they go and they're in the holding tank and then and then afterwards did other angels do it and you know at first you want to say oh that's ridiculous but again it's kind of like the yeah, outline why not right. i mean okay. do we do we have a rule that there's only uh, is there something in the bible that says the angels fell and it was over for them they don't fall anymore right. um there was only one fall and it was you know within this well, little small time period of a month and you know this year and then after that, the the fall of the angels was over, or were there, was there more than one fall, or can there still be a fall of angels today? Okay, That's so here we go. I have. Let me get this straight. All right, okay. guys. So okay. the Nephilim are angel-human hybrids. Yes, they were the giants, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. They yes. were wiped out during the flood, correct? Yes. Those particular ones that were alive, anyone that was alive was wiped out. Okay. But there was say, also Nephilim afterwards. But you're saying that it happened again. Yes. I'm saying there were Nephilim afterwards. That's what it says. You can either say they survived. Some people do. Some people yeah, say they saw caves yeah, and stuff. Well, I, yeah, I, I think they were probably rock monsters that Russell Crowe fought. But that's another day. That's another conversation. Now, is that, um, is that a position of convenience or do you have exegesis to that? The, well, that's my Hollywood her hermeneutic. <laughs> my biblical interpretation is informed by my movies that I watch. I'm joking. So at any rate, um, so so I'm just trying to understand. So the Nephilim were not were what, or maybe they 
they weren't wiped out? Those ones that were there at the time were wiped out. And but then it, it happened again. Then what you're yes. saying so is what I, what I came down again and started mingling with the daughters. Yes. Again. What I see is there, there was, uh, you know, some type of corruption that had happened on the earth. It got so severe. And at that time there were also, it was so severe that there was also massive intermingling between. Well, then how were they, if they were in chains, how were they? They weren't in chains. Oh, this time. No, I'm talking when, at what point, like the Judah, count, the Judah count of them being in change. When were these? You're confusing the two, Perry. I'm sorry. I don't mean what? Well, you're confusing the angels with yes. the Nephilim. The angels are in chains in gloomy darkness. Yes. I'm not saying the Nephilim are in chains. I'm saying the Nephilim are these theoretical hybrids of angels and humans. Okay. It's another angel. Fall, fallen or not fallen angels? They would fall. They fell at a different time. If, if, they, if this happened a second time, that would be not the angels that were in chains, but the other angel. Uh, the other more angels. And that, okay, so that, I'm just trying to understand your yeah, because yeah. of their free will, they have yeah, that they person, can go and fall and right. do it again. Yeah, okay, the, gotcha. theoretically, there can be gotcha. angels. There can be an angel today that does the same thing. These certain groups oh, okay. that, that followed this certain group that followed this leader back then. And again, you have to read Enoch to be able to see yeah, sure kind of the, yeah. the, the story. These, okay. this group was placed into a prison that the way they corrupted the earth together was so bad. Now do, do these other angels, if it happens this way, do other angels who come down and still do this. Let's say, let's just get real weird and radical. Let's say this is going on with the UFO type stuff, mm -hmm. something about that. And you have the abductions, you have implantations, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Let's say that that is happening right mm -hmm. now. And then we right. say, well, wait a minute. What's the difference in this and that? I would say, well, there's not probably much difference. This is the same thing going on. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we've got the days of Noah again, possibly. Possibly. Okay. All right. Uh, and this kind of goes into what you were talking about when Christ mentions the unclean spirits. Right. And referencing. I'm just, and by the way, I'm not challenging you guys when I'm asking these questions. I'm really trying to understand where y'all are coming from no no it, it totally makes sense it's all all good stuff just we're so not, you know that so i'm not being contentious i really do want to we're not offended okay good good um all right so these unclean spirits that christ spoke of your contention is they're these fallen heavenly beings right yeah. yes yes and that these you well, can no, 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 wait wait wait, wait. They are the spirits, the unclean spirits that Christ is talking about. Yes. You say are the spirits of the Nephilim who are roaming the earth, not the fallen angels who are in, in chains. So so these unclean spirits are the spirits of the Nephilim? The dead Nephilim, yeah. The dead Nephilim. Yeah. Yes. Think of it as as, as a ghost, right? But it's but it's a of so the ghost of the Nephilim. <laughs> well, but so, well, I mean, it's spirit. Okay, right? now I am being contentious. <laughs> Hold on a second. Wait, this is this is a lot. I it mean, is the it's the continued active consciousness of the Nephilim that are awaiting judgment. The Nephilim will probably have a resurrection as well of the body or whatever they had before. That's my view, at least. I mean, you don't have to hold to that view if you say okay. that they were always. I mean, it's there's uh, I uh, me and Ned disagreed about the phys physicality of you know these angels and maybe even the physicality of the uh, Nephilim itself to some degree, but. 
uh, e- either way, it's the same. Uh, okay. In that they are, then uh, the only reason I believe this, the only reason, Carrie, it doesn't, it's not whenever I read the Bible, I see the spirits of the Nephilim being demons. It's because of the intertestamental books. That's the only reason. And, and I don't know of any other, any other issue, any other doctrine that I would say uh, I am influenced to grab a hold of just because. Well, of the intertestament. Okay, well, that's it is. fair. But, but Jesus referencing that too, I mean, it's almost, I kind of think of speaking of ghosts when the disciples saw Jesus on the water and they thought he was a ghost. That yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that ghosts are real. You can't derive that. You can definitely well, no, derive, no. though, that they thought that that was the case. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, of course. And, and you can also understand that he didn't correct them, but that doesn't prove anything. But for me, it does suggest. Uh, or it, it could suggest that, that there's no such thing as ghosts because Jesus did like to correct them a lot. Well, that wasn't the point. Yeah, he was walking on the water. He had bigger He had bigger fish to fry, so to speak. So, <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, what was, his, what was his proof that he's not a ghost, though? Because he did, he did demonstrate he's not a ghost. What did he say? That's the question about that. Well, he didn't go into a diatribe about really, how he did, he, did, he did enough. He said, ghosts do not have flesh and bone, do they? Well, and, and oh. I mean, so, so he didn't I mean, say, I, what you're saying is he didn't say ghosts don't exist, you silly people. He just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's a, that's a statement of their anatomy. So, I mean, it's going to be kind of weird to believe that, but uh, you could still be right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not married to that. It's not, you're right. It's a secondary thing. And well, that, he, no, that's a good point though, that, that he didn't dismiss. He goes, don't you know, there are no ghosts. He didn't say that. He, yeah. He went in to explain yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, have, okay. I, have I, I convinced you? My main point of convincing things have, uh, was this: Have I convinced you of the existence of ghosts? Uh, I, I have never discounted the existence of ghosts. No. Have I convinced you of the existence of ghosts? Um, not with that argument. No. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't need convincing on that. I think that that's a possibility. The, I just don't Ed, know what they Ed, are. Ed, we need to next do a podcast on on ghosts. Okay. No. Okay. Listen. Okay. We we, we will replace Michael Heiser. Just I mean, so any of right. Michael Heiser, we will take over that. Uh, Just so that I can period. be sure, though, I I want to be sure that I understand exactly what y'all are saying. All right. So let's the Nephilim, angel human hybrids, may or may not have been wiped out in the flood. Michael, you think they were? Ed, you think maybe not? Correct. Uh, I, I'm um, open to I'm open to either. I I, I really okay. am. there's no biblical proof. Either than, way. Yeah, I mean the, the flood. The, we believe well, the only air. reason I do is because he says everything that breathes air. I do believe they breathe air. Right. Okay. All yeah, right. So now, now next to that, there could have been new Nephilim, right? Yes. After the flood, there are new Nephilim. Yeah, like which, that was the point about the whole talk about what nations God totally destroyed. Because he wanted to get rid of the line of the Nephilim when when the Jews. Well, Ed, Ed, right up. there, Ed, right there. To be fair, I mean, I agree with you, and uh, I think, but uh, you're you're you are overlaying that and making sense of it. You're not saying the Bible anywhere says that he wiped him out because the Nephilim. You can trace back. The, the, I mean, I am I am saying that you can trace back the roots of the family tree from the table of nations now has sitting here in front of me, and who's Who's who? Who are the Anakim, right? Uh, and who, who are these people? How come the Moabites, he just 
you know, they, they defeated them, but they didn't destroy them. No, I know. I agree with you on that, but you're you, what you're doing is you're 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 making uh, because of what you believe about these things, you are making well, sense out of other things. Well, no, in Deuteronomy it mentions the Nephilim. Is that what you're going from, Ed? This well, post flood mention of the Nephilim. Is that well, what you're he, talking he, about? He doesn't do it. He doesn't go and say we are. Ta I want you to destroy all the nations because the Nephilim are there. He does say because of the evil and so, but I agree with you that it probably has to do with the Nephilim uh, about the, the uh, you know, the wholesale push of wiping out e even animals. I mean, that's kind of a weird thing, but I think there, I think that even had something to do with this. Uh, it was kind of just, yeah. I mean, we had, you had cross things going on. Yeah, well, I mean, Enoch talks about them defiling the animals as well. Nephilim, so. But yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't say, hey, these people are Nephilim, so let's wipe them out. It doesn't say that. But if you yeah, think, yeah. If you take, but I do agree with you. I do agree with you, though. It does. It makes sense out of everything a whole lot, and I, I uh, timidly hold to that view. Yeah. So. Hey, listen, guys. Listen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at the. I'm looking yeah, at the clock. Yeah. It is four hours now we've been going. Yeah, I don't think I helped at all on anything. You should. No, have that was fun. On, Michael. <laughs> that was fun. Um, Ed, thank you for showing up. Carrie, thank you for showing up. We yep. had a blast, and we are definitely going to do this again uh, soon. We'll, I, I don't know what we'll talk about. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll talk about ghosts sometime. But, again, uh, just like before, I, I don't want to be known from this stuff. But, again... This stuff is going on right now, and I think we'll maybe, keep on pushing. Maybe we can talk about the philosophical naturalism that's that's kind of at play in our culture with respect to aliens. Maybe that'd be a good topic because at least yeah, I could sure. Talk about that. I know. Here, here's what I do know. Probably is going to. I'm 99 sure. Within the next month, there will be another big thing about aliens if the pattern is going the way I think it is. So be sure to keep on watching this. Subscribe to us uh, because I bet you we're going to be talking about this again and we're going to try to put it in with a in a biblical way i i love carrie i love ed i'm so glad they joined us and i'm so glad you joined us um please come back and just know you are the reason why we exist not simply because you support us but because you are on my mind all the time i that that, that this is all i want to do is is teach i've been doing it for 23 years now 24 years. And, uh, this is all I want to do is teach this stuff. And God has been so kind to me and let me teach people in this way. And it's a ministry. It's a ministry. It's i I'm trying to convince people of the importance of theology, thinking deeply, not the importance of being an academic scholar or whatever, uh, but to love the Lord, your God, with all of your mind, the great commandment, the mind is involved. So please, uh, uh, subscribe, support us, pray for us, pray for, pray for the ministry. There's all kinds of things going on that I need prayer for. So if you would, thank you so much. And I can't wait to meet some of you. If you're a doubter, please get in touch with me, please. I know that this is kind of a random one to put at the end of this, but I just always want to throw that out. Have mercy on those who doubt. Please get in touch with me. Go to credocourses.com, find the phone number and text me. Just go to find the contacts. Uh, also, Patreon.com, once again, I won't push that, but see Michael Patton. Patreon, see Michael Patton, and then you can support us. But we will see you next time. Theology 